podcast contains adult content suitable for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Out of the darkness and into the fire, whoa, whoa, whoa. Welcome, dear traveler, to the morbid forest. Traveler, you don't want to go that way. Matter of fact, don't touch anything near you. Got yourself in quite the pickle. (laughs) Didn't your folks warn you off from being foolish? (laughs) Don't you worry. Ranger Harper and Larry here to get you out of this precarious situation. (laughs) Now, Just slowly follow Larry, yes, that's good, and we'll get you all sorted. Hmm, you know, I know a cautionary tale that will sure to keep you from instances such as these. It's all about mold. The basement has mold. The first time she heard those words, Alice was five years old. Her tiny hand rests on the old brass doorknob of the basement's gritty oak frame. Her tiny face scrunched into a pout as she twists her wrists from side to side, but the lock does not budge its hold. Her father's hand rests on her shoulder, in a grip much tighter than one holding a five-year-old should use, and pulls her away from it. Alice remembers the way her hand slipped from the door, her palms slick with sweat from the tightness of her grip. Sweetheart, you can't go down there. The basement has mold. Her father states apologetically. That's okay, she replies enthusiastically. I don't mind. She doesn't understand the effect mold can have on her. Her father takes the time to explain what it is. She leaves the discussion with new knowledge and an intimate fear of breathing near strange plants whose origins are unknown. She does not attempt to enter the basement again that day. The next time she tries, she's eight years old. She is more than positive the basement is where Father is stashing her Christmas presents. The old worn door is decorated with a singular image of a snowman. Its beady black eyes menacingly watch Alice as she reaches for the doorknob, judging her sins as she performs them. The attentive stare of the snowman makes her uneasy, and the gentle lyrics of one of her favorite Christmas songs springs to the front of her mind. (laughs) 
he sees you when you're sleeping. It is a snowman that makes her turn away from the door in the end. It's silent judgment too much to bear. She remembers the terrifying things her father told her about mold that live beyond the basement door, and she steals herself from entering. She does not tell her father that she tried again. Alice is 13 when she finally finds the courage to ask the question that has burned at the tip of her tongue all these years. She observes her father over her history book, which is propped up on the kitchen table, one eyebrow raised like a questioning hand. He doesn't notice. With her resolve firmly in place, she blazes forward, determined to gain answers. Why don't we have someone come and try to get rid of the mold in the basement? Her father finally tore his eyes from the newspaper in his hands. A flicker of surprise sparked in his tired gaze, swelling Alice's chest with pride. Finally, he would tell her what was going on in the basement. But her pride was snuffed out before it could gain traction. Her father's eyes filled once again with his nonchalant air and turned back to his paper, dismissing her interest absently. I've had a few people come over to fix it, but it always seems to come back. I'm going to wait a little bit longer before I call someone else to see if they can manage it. He says. Alice mulls the answer in her mind before finally accepting it because what else is there for her to do? There was at least an attempt to get rid of the mold, so what more could she ask for? It is late that evening as Alice's eyes drift shut that she realizes she's never seen one maintenance man or mold expert type enter their home and venture to the basement below. The kettle shrieks, steam erupting from its mouth, drawing Alice to the present. Mechanically, she reaches for the knob on the stove and flicks off the gas, settling the kettle into a simmer. A mug with chamomile and honeysuckle waits patiently on the counter next to the stove. As she pours the hot water over her concoction, Harold enters the kitchen, placing two buckets of unopened paint on the table. The old wood creaks with protest against the suddenness of the intrusive weight. Harold leans against the groaning furniture piece, a tired look in his eyes. Alice hands him a warm mug before digging into a moving box for another for herself. After pouring her own cup and hopping on the counter opposite Harold, Alice ignores the temperature of the tea and makes a tentative sip. The burn on her tongue doesn't diminish the discomfort warming into her marrow of having to return to her childhood home. Despite her father's death nearly two months ago, this was the first time she had to return to the decrepit plot of land. Well, what's her repaint the living room? Harold says with an edge of exhaustion to his voice. We should work on retiling the floors in here, I guess. Should we get all new tiles or just order replacements for the old ones? Well, that's up to you. Do you want to change the whole look? Alice sighs through her nose and places the too hot mug on the counter. Her brain too muddled from the past several hours of moving to fully make a decision. 
Silence slithers between the two, suffocating and squeezing them into submission. It presses deeper until finally Harold breaks it. Uh, we should probably tackle the basement soon, too. What's down in there anyway? Storage? I don't know. I haven't been down there yet. But you've been down there before, though, right? Harold asks. Nope. A rush of new burning pressure fills Alice's lungs, snuffing out each precious molecule of oxygen. Her stomach bucks in protest from the weight of that simple question and response. Her mind blanks and prepares for full shutdown mode. But Alice takes a breath and slowly counts to ten, as her therapist instructed in times such as these. Her overwhelming feelings of paranoia tend to sprout without warning, and sometimes a full-blown panic attack is hard to stop once it has left the station. She tries to remember to count her breaths and not forget to stop breathing altogether. A nagging unease pricks at the edge of her mind, poking at the reason for her unexpected anxiety wave. But she shoves the sensation away, focusing back on Harold. Why haven't you gone down there before? Harold's frown is visible in his tone as he inquires. Alice's shoulders rise in a noncommittal shrug and brings her mug to her lips once more, allowing the herbaceous flavors to coat her tongue and relax her muscles from the inside out. It has mold. The answer falls from her lips, as easy as it has every time she has said it. The answer even has the same intonation her father used to use. There is no other explanation she needs to give because that is the only explanation that exists. She's content enough to take another sip of her tea and let the matter rest, but the blend of confusion and incredulity in Harold's face gives her pause. Then shouldn't you go down and take care of it? Her brows furrow. The squeeze comes again, and she flexes her stomach reflexively before answering, Mold is dangerous, isn't it? I don't want to breathe it in. I have a respirator mask in my truck. You can use that. You really should know how bad it is before you attempt to DIY it. The first crack in her chest thrums through her body, her heart a bird caught in a net. Alice feels herself slip back into the skin of her younger self. Her legs kick out mechanically, pumping one, two, one, two against the cabinet with her heels. The act is soothing, yet horrifying. On autopilot, she responds, I suppose I could. With her reply, Harold leaves to retrieve the mask from his truck. Returning minutes later to help adjust and secure the device to Alice's face, the clunky double-filter facepiece feels obtrusive against her nose and tastes like the inside of her air purifier. The flavor of its chemical coating burns her nostrils, but she isn't sure if that's all that makes her want to pull it off. The house was left to her, in her father's will, along with the only key to the basement. It was an ornate Victorian key, comically large and covered in rusted brass with blunt oxidized teeth. She was surprised the key even fit into the lock and worked the mechanism, rather than disintegrating with the slightest of twists. Alice's grip trembles, her sense of dread woven with curiosity at its highest peak. 
Harold catches none of her trepidation, merely observes as she struggles to place the lock home, her ears wearing her shoulders as earrings. The soft click of the lock deafening in Alice's ears as she pries the door open and takes her first look into the basement. Black abyss gazes upon Alice as she steps forward to peer down the basement stairs. Alice cannot see past the first four steps, unable to determine how far down they go. She turns to look back into the kitchen. The room is empty. Harold most likely took off to do something else in the house while she takes care of this task. She is alone with the moldy basement. It's fine, she reassures herself, as she begins the descent. It's only mold. She's wearing a respirator. The only thing that will hurt her is the psychological damage that comes with seeing too much mold growing on one's basement walls. And perhaps slipping on one of the leaky stairs. Her sneakers stick to the wet plywood steps, producing a moist echoed squeak with each step. There is no railing for her to hold on to. She caresses the edge of the wall instead, using it as a tour guide into the unknown. Her lungs begin to sing, and she exhales sharply, not realizing she was holding her breath. Her skin prickles with droplets of sweat as she comes closer to the end of her trek. Her fingers graze the rectangular shape of a light switch knob, just as her feet touch the ground floor. There is an impounding silence as she simply stands there in the darkness. All thoughts of her father come into the forefront of her mind as she calls upon his spirit for some sort of protection from the spores sure to be flying around here. One breath in. Exhale out slowly. She flips the switch. Alice's breath stops, her hand frosted over the light switch. There is no mold in the basement. The thing that stares back at her is not human. Pale skeletal limbs, twice the length of a normal human's, reach out and skim the concrete confines around it. Dull, cracked nails drag themselves aimlessly along the chipping drywall as it pulls itself upright and withers against its own weight. Its face is neither human nor animal that Alice can recognize. Littlest white eyes stare forward at Alice, void of emotion other than bone-turning hunger. They stare at one another, the creature peering into Alice's soul. It doesn't breathe, as its mouth unhinges, limp and broken-jawed. Sets of gnashing, grinding, and gnawing teeth blaze a purulent green under the fluorescent bulb above the fleshy carapace. Spots of yellow and necrotic black cracks lined with sticky gray gums painted the teeth within the mandible. Rivers of drool run rampant beside a broad tongue. Its stench of meaty, rotting wood drifting down its rapids to Alice's nostrils, nearly causing her to double over with sickness. Alice took a minuscule step back, as if the scent of the creature had pushed her like a schoolyard bully. 
uncaring that her chest would burn from desperation as the putrid flesh on his head withered with motion. The joints on its neck groan and fracture at angles too impossible to comprehend as it contorted to better look upon its visitor. Alice gulped down bile as she took it in, with its mouth unzipped along its forehead, its eyes tumbling in two large sockets perched upside down as a croak whistled through them. It began to scuttle toward her, undulating like a newborn maggot, a wheezing whine like scraps of broken glass erupt from its mouth, puncturing Alice's eardrums. It spurs her into action, and she backs up towards the stairs, flicking the light off, the whites of the creature's eyes glowing iridescent in the now-blackened space. She can hear its nails scraping against the ground as she ascends backwards up the stairs, a heavy thump of its body wiggling against the flattened concrete floor, its only signal of movement further. Its scraping stops just at the foot of the last step and Alice wonders if its body is not lilt enough, but light enough to converge on the stairs. If it was, her mind argues, it would have certainly gotten out by now, right? Alice's knees nearly buckle with gratitude that the unnameable abomination hasn't figured out how to work stairs, something she intends to keep that way. She reaches the top staircase after what feels like hours and she slowly closes the door in front of her. It clicks into place with a snap of the door handle. Her shaky hands shove the key back into the lock, and she twists it shut. It's only after the lock clicks and she tests its security by jingling the handle that she thinks to pull the respirator off her face. The ability to breathe properly through her nose once again, a gift in itself as she inhales sharply. Her mouth forms into a tight line, and she cannot tell when she begins trembling, only that she cannot stop. So, what was down there, anyway? Harold's voice calls out faintly behind her. She turns to face him, a mask of calm gliding onto her features. Nothing, she lies, stifling a tremble. The basement just has mold. This has been a Morbid Forest production. On this week's episode, you've heard Mold, written by Sean Moreau and narrated by Naomi Richards and Sean Moreau. Apple Podcasts is the best way for us to reach more listeners just like you. So help us grow by subscribing and leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Instagram at the Morbid Forest, or write us a little love letter at themorbidforest at gmail.com. Want to become a Patreon? Head over to patreon.com slash themorbidforest. We have two tiers currently going, one for our little monsters and the other ones for our scouts. Head over to patreon.com to get bonus content and find out a little bit more about your favorite spooky podcast hosts like Sean and I. <laughs> We appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next week on The Morbid Forest.